welcome to the Living Lightly podcast, a Seeds Church podcast where we wrestle with what it means to live lightly in relation to God's creation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Lightly podcast. For this episode, we are so pleased to have Ty Linklater with us today. Ty is a grade 12 student at W.C. Miller Collegiate here in Altona, Manitoba. She is involved in our community in many, many ways. She has been volunteering with our local Special Olympics for the last six years. She plays nearly every sport that's offered at school and in the community. Her favorites being volleyball and softball with a close runner-up as soccer. She serves on Altona's Compost Task Force. She is the grade 12 rep on her student council. She was part of the school musical. She is the student leader of the Recycling Initiative. She volunteers to do childcare here at our church, Seeds of Life, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Connie Hepner-Mueller. And I'm also your co-host, Ted Enstick. And we're just so excited to get started here. Hello, Ty, and welcome. Thank you. Ty, could you tell us a bit about your story in terms of um, your passion for earth care? Tell us a bit about where that began for you. Growing up, I did a lot of camping, and so we were kind of always in, I guess, the wilderness. And so constantly being out there with the bugs and the sun shining down on me in the water with the frogs, it, it's always had a place in my heart. And so that's, I guess, where my love for nature started. But my care and passion for the environment as a whole I guess started in grade seven when we went to this place at the Mech. It was some sort of job, I don't know how to describe it, job thing. And there's this meteorologist who was there and he was talking about how there's this thing called global warming and climate change and how all of this stuff affects the environment and the weather systems and the weather patterns. And it scared me at first and so I just kind of put it aside, didn't think about it until grade nine. And in grade nine, I realized, well, this isn't going to help the situation. Just ignoring it, pretending it doesn't exist, it's just going to get worse. So from that point on, I made steps to become less afraid of the situation and take more action into helping out with it. Wow, tell us more about those steps, because I want to follow them too. Yeah. Um, Well, obviously, I was in your home ec class in grade 9, and so that helped me get started with understanding what composting was, and that was a huge step, because I'm sure I've heard of it before, but I didn't actually know what it was. And so first building that understanding and simplifying that rather than making it this whole big thing that you can't control to little steps like composting and then how does plastic affect your watershed and breaking that down and slowly getting to the big picture of ending this climate crisis as a whole. Wow. And that, you say, helped you move from fear to action. Yeah. Starting small starting small hmm. I'm, I'm curious about uh, you know be, because you're uh, I don't know what, what your, what's your generational name for these things like 
both Connie and I come from the Gen X generation, and there's been a lot of conversation in the last 10 years about millennials. Right. And uh, you're part of that new cohort of people that are coming up. I'm not sure. Do you know what they refer to you folks Gen at? Z. Gen Z, or yeah. I've also heard Zoomers, which means something else right now because we're living in this COVID-19 time and all our Zoom meetings. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about how, how you see yourself fitting into your the group of people that you're your, your peers that you're living with and you're in, in high school, how do some of these concerns that you have, how do they, how do you find yourself interacting with your friends and uh, are you finding that your friends are having similar concerns and, and, and also it's, it's rising up in them? How, what's, what's it been like even, like you've been a leader in your, in your, in your school? Um, tell us a little bit about what that's like. Is that, uh, has that been rewarding or has there been some frustration with uh, mobilizing your own your own people? I'd say it's been rewarding and frustrating. There's definitely some people who are really on board for fighting this thing with me, and there are some who just, they don't care. They couldn't care less. And the big thing, I guess, that I see happening at school is we have a wonderful compost program at school, which is awesome, but there are people who will put their apple core in the garbage as their kind of rebellion against climate change, as if it's, I guess, where I was, not a thing that's happening. And so being trying to speak positively towards my peers about how this is something, it, it's bigger than yourself, it's bigger than your own worry, it's about your community, that has been... I guess, enlightening. Hmm. So say more about that. How's, what, what's enlightened you in that process? Just knowing, I feel like I can kind of relate to them from being in the same state several years back in grade seven. And knowing that sometimes it just, it just takes some time to it takes patience to get to where you want to start taking action and being patient with your peers in that sense, which it's the whole climate crisis. It's all over the media, so it's not like they are unaware of it, but I guess so much of the news is, oh, Antarctica is melting and... The polar bears are super skinny. I get, all of that at once gets so overwhelming. And I'm sure there's many kids in my school who feel that way, who feel overwhelmed. So knowing that they just need time is what's been enlightening, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, and I think connecting back to what you started with with your story, it sounds like um, these things that you're passionate about, they're connected directly to things that matter to you mm -hmm. for a long time. So you've enjoyed ecology, nature, you've been present to it, and then to find out that there's something that's not going right and things are... Um, yeah, there's a, there's a crisis around mm -hmm. our environment. Then you start to make the personal connection to this is something that matters to me. And so I think it's often 
people have trouble connecting it to themselves. They feel like it has nothing to do with them. It right. just feels like it's something that they have to change, have to change their behavior, but they don't feel like it matters as much. But maybe someday when they're working on their family farm and they realize that this is having an issue with the land that they're farming and mm-hmm. there's, it's affecting them, then they start to have a different perspective. I think that's been something that many of us have started to see is when it's really starting to be something that affects us or our children, we start thinking, hey, wait a second. You know, we need to, we need to respond. We need to act like you, like you talked about. Yeah. You know, we're in the middle of living through this COVID-19 pandemic, and a lot of people have drawn some parallels to the climate crisis. Right. Uh, have you had any reflections about that when, as you reflect on or as I hear you reflecting on what it takes to change behavior? Um, you know, we've seen a huge change in human behavior across the globe yeah. in a short time. What do you think we can learn from, from what we've just been through in, in terms of how it c- might relate to changing behavior for the good of the planet? Hmm. Yeah, I think this pandemic has shown that when we rise up together as the human race, we can accomplish a lot. Whether that be all of us staying at home. I, I think that's an accomplishment. It's hard for people to stay home. And I think if we took the climate crisis as serious as this pandemic, oh, we could, we, we are capable of so many beautiful things. Yeah, well said. Yeah, it really has proven that, hasn't it? Yeah. What do you think, I don't know, what, when you picture the world in, in half a year or a year, what do you think we will have learned? What do you think might stick? You got any, you got a crystal ball for us? <laughs> Some predictions? If only. Uh, I can't say what I think the world will be like in a year. I'm excited to see, but I just hope the sense of togetherness that we have Mm. that we're all actually interconnected to each other i i think that will stick Mm. yeah it takes a virus to show how connected (laughs) we really are across the globe you know that brings me to another point if we think about you in a year or even you you in a few months uh can you tell us what's next for ty what's what are your plans for the future yes uh i'll be going to cmu and for listeners who might not be local, what's that? Canadian Mennonite University. In Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yes. And I plan on enrolling in their environmental studies program, mm-hmm. which is pretty fitting, I'd say, and their biblical and theological studies program. Fantastic. I want you to teach me everything <laughs> you know. I'm so excited for, uh, for what's next for you. What do you think, like, what are you looking forward to about that the most? I... I'm looking forward to meeting people who are like-minded mm-hmm. to myself. Uh, I, growing up in a small community, I have definitely stood out from a young age, and I'm excited to be in an environment where people come from all sorts of different backgrounds, and I get to share my story with them. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. When you say you've you feel like you've stood out from a young age. Uh, that just makes me smile because you, I think it's fair to say you march <laughs> to the beat of your own drum. Is that a fair statement? Oh, yeah. And you are such a bright light to anyone that 
that knows you. Can you say, though, what it's been like to, in your words, stand out? Hmm. Freeing. In a world, in a society where so many people follow the trends and try to be like the big celebrities, I think that's boring. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really freeing to just be yourself and genuinely be who the Lord made you to be and not have to fit into these societal bubbles. I'd like to pick up on, on that last statement you made about how, uh, you know, how God made you to be a certain way and mm -hmm. that you've, you're really seeking to take ownership of who, who you are. Say a bit more about how your faith connects to what matters to you. Like, because mm. um, to do the kind of work that you're trying to do and have passion for, I mean, it, there needs to be something that energizes that and motivates that that's, that's deeper than just what you have in your own self. Do you yeah. want to say a little bit about how, how you are motivated or how you're grounded by something that's larger than yourself and how you found that and how mm. you tried to develop that. My confidence does not come from other people. My confidence doesn't come from the clothes I wear. It comes from God because I know that he created things perfectly. And that must mean that I'm made perfectly. Mm. Not that I am perfect, but I'm made in a perfect image. And once you realize that that's, that that's that, I don't see the point in trying to be anyone but myself. And how it, this whole, my relationship with God ties into my passions. Uh, God made and created the universe, which first of all, that blows my mind that there's this whole other universe that I can't even see but that within that universe, he made this perfect globe in the Milky Way galaxy suited perfectly for life. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's such a gift. Living on this planet is such a gift. And in Proverbs uh, 3, verse 14 and 15, says, heavens are made for the Lord and the earth he gave to humanity and the thought that he gave this to us that's so special to me if the physical embodiment of God let's say Jesus gave you a necklace you would hold on to that necklace you would take care of it you would never lose it and you would treat it with all the care you have that's how I view planet earth it's a gift and I want to treat it with the uttermost respect and not pollute it and destroy it because it's a gift from God. Well said. Yeah, you're well on your way to being a, a very articulate <laughs> environmental theologian. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you, you said that beautifully. Do you have any... Um, any advice, I guess, for others um, 
that are in your shoes. Like, what, what do you feel have been your big learnings in terms of how to, how to be in the world that's true to you and your passions? Because um, that, you know, chances are you've probably bumped into some resistance. You've even hinted at that a bit, or some misunderstanding, or um, even just people that might not be aware, or how... Yeah. What what advice do you have for what are some of the learnings that you've had about how to live in the world in in consistent with some of the ways that you've been living in the world? Mm-hmm. I guess find what makes your clock tick and ask the Lord for guidance on that. That's how I've decided to go about my life. That's how I decide to make the big decisions. Yeah. When you meet resistance, if and when, I'm assuming it's when, uh, how do you handle that? It is frustrating. And it almost like boils my blood. I get angry. But like I said earlier, I, I think people just need to come around yet. I think people are just unaware or uneducated of some of the things going on. And that if I can be the one to teach them and educate them, I'm honored. I'm honored to do that. Hmm. So that, that brings me to a question. I wonder what you've talked about what you want to study in the fall fast forward even a few years after that what do you hope like what would be a, like an ideal job i would love to be a conservationist working with animals and the planet around me i would specifically love to work with reptiles and amphibians cuz that's like that's my favorite but just conserving this planet and bringing awareness to the amazing features that have come along with it Preferably in a warm climate, too. I'm not a fan of winter. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough is right. Uh, What did you say? Something about, you know, creation is perfect, but winter, it might be perfect, but not your favorite. Yeah. (laughs) I love winter, but I don't always like it. So something outside, in nature, preferably with amphibians and reptiles. Yes. We will be watching carefully. (laughs) I'd love to be on some sort of guided nature hike with you in Costa Rica one day, Ty. Oh, I would love that too. (laughs) Should we do the uh, finish these sentences? Sure. I was thinking about asking the question, what do you think the world needs most? But I think that's in your, uh, that's in those, in that flourish, isn't it? It is. It's one of your flourish questions. We're trying something new. Okay. Yeah, Ty, we've got a few. We're not only podcast producers, but we're also podcast listeners. And, you know, it seems like every podcast has some little kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, a little flourish at the end that allows people to get at some more kind of, maybe feels like, oh, maybe some more trivial things, but also puts you on the spot for some quick, quick answers. Yeah. So we've got like a couple of sentence starters. Hmm. So, you know, just the first thing that comes to your mind, you can say as much or as little as you like. Okay. Here we go. If you could have a magic wand and change one thing in the world. No wasps. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
This is what I've been thinking about lately. The future. This is what I've been watching on TV lately. Modern family. Nice. <laughs> If I could have the traits of any animal, I would like to be able to have the eyes of a chameleon so I can look around everywhere. Oh, like the kind that like swivel like yeah. 360. Yeah. Oh, good answer. <laughs> And one important thing that I bring to the world is compassion. Hmm. I'm going to let you elaborate on that. Would you for us? Mm -hmm. Can you tell sure. us how you bring that and where? Well, I try to bring compassion everywhere hmm. I go. I think everyone needs love. We run on love and compassion is a good way to show that. So my entire life I've been around people with special needs I give them my compassion and my friendship. And beautiful things have blossomed out of that. I give compassion to the world we live on. Beautiful things will come out of that. I give compassion to the people I see walking down the street in town. Beautiful things come out of that. Can you give us a little glimpse into some of those beautiful things? Do you have some examples for us? Sure. To start... Uh, I've made awesome friendships with people at Special Olympics and other people in town, at home, showing compassion when someone is feeling down. It builds your bond with them, and that's beautiful. Showing compassion to the world that I live on helps my passion in general. And... Showing compassion to everyone on the street. I mean, you don't know what's going on with their day. Smiling at them might have just turned their world upside down. Hmm. I've certainly been witness to the beautiful things that you bring to the world, Ty. I'd love the listeners all to know, like, whenever I ask Ty for anything, you want to volunteer for this, I need uh, help with that, Ty always says yes. Sometimes she has to then... In you know a few seconds later, say, "Oh, actually, I have a volleyball practice that I forgot about," or because yeah. she's so busy, but she always wants to say yes to everything. Time management will come later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, we really—it's been neat to hear you talk about stuff. I've—I uh, mean, you've kind of grown up in our community somewhat, and. Mm -hmm. uh, It's been beautiful the way you contributed in, just in ways that are not connected to things that we talked about today. The way um, um, you were acting at Christmas, you were one of the actors, and uh, the way you, you really you know, moved people hmm. with that, and that just shows that you have some, you're something grounded in something. You know? um, so it's been really good to hear your thoughts, and people will be inspired by you. Thank you. Any last thoughts, something else you want to share before we close? Bike more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do they say? The most efficient animal on the planet is a human on a bike? Yeah. The, it's the least amount of energy input for the most amount of motion forward. Yeah, right? Let's get on our bikes. Everyone's happier on a bike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you model that well. Thank you. This is where winter becomes a problem. Yeah. <laughs> 
much. Well, there's that. <laughs> but we do have a good half part of the year where we can bike. Mm-hmm. Yes, and some and of us try to bike in the winter too. And Some of us go all 12 months. I'll say some of them, not me anymore. Now I'm too afraid of falling. Do you, do you bike in the winter, Ty? I started biking in the winter this year. I never have before. Been too scared to slip on the ice and mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. And this year I challenged myself and I started doing it. Nice. Yeah. And any accidents? No. None so far. Yeah. So from camping, that gave you uh, an early love for the created world to a growing faith that helps you see the world as a gift and, mm-hmm. uh, and your compassion that you bring to everything, the people, the animals, and the planet. You know, you, you are a gift to the world, Ty. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We are honored and blessed. Mm-hmm. 